0: This show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another, to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started welcome back to another episode my love i'm so excited to share this conversation with deb mcintyre deb is an internationally renowned shaman and spiritual teacher who awakens the primal tribal ancient part of who you are bridging the gap between the physical realm and the spiritual reality while holding a safe space for you to release patterns stories and limiting beliefs that restrict confine and no longer serve you When you embark on this journey, you're giving yourself permission for a deeper connection to your true self while creating a life of infinite possibilities. In this episode, Deb and I talk about where shamanism began, why it was important to our survival as a species, why it's important to reconnect to this ancient practice, and how shamanic healing can be the key to living your most abundant life now. look, I love the space that you are in. I feel like it is something that can be ingrained in everybody's life. But I feel like there's a cohort of people who know what it is. And there's a really big cohort of people who are like, what the heck is shamanism? So I'm going to let you answer that in whatever way you want. Sure, sure. Thank you for that. So shamanism is the earliest
1: spiritual belief known to man. So if I can have you closed your eyes and cast your um, your visions back or your thoughts back to a time when your ancestors roamed this land, you know, primal man and primal woman, and they were more concerned with um, how they could survive in that environment, you know, where they would build their shelters, where they would hunt for their food, um, where they would dig for the food and the berries and, the you know, the other nourishment that they could provide. So, They had to be so connected to everything around them. They had to be connected to the seasons. They had to be connected to nature. They had to know when they could hunt, when they could dig for certain fruits. How they were because they were nomadic, so they didn't have storehouses. They could they were limited to what they could um, carry with them. You know what they were going to build their homes, uh, their huts with, or whatever. You know all that sort of stuff. So um, to be connected. And so much part of nature and the environment you would know within yourself, you know, just stepping outside on a a beautiful day, you can connect to all that is around you. You feel the energy in the sun. Even if it's raining, you feel the energy in the rain. You feel the energy in the plants. You feel that energy in, in Mother Earth or if you're at the beach, you feel that connection. So having an understanding and also a respectful um, understanding of everything that they connected with. I think they realised very soon that they were part of something bigger. So, you know, they only took what they need. So they were part of a bigger system, you know, and there are many, many, many ancestral stories of how when we started with our rituals and our ceremonies, they knew the importance of killing an animal for it to be um, part of the sustenance, for the tribe to take in that su- sustenance. So there would be a ceremony before the before they went to hunt to, um, you know, giving thanks to that animal for giving its life and its energy um, for the survival of the tribe. And then everything in that animal they used. So nothing ever went to waste. And then that animal became part of a total, uh, became part of their totem, which was when they used to have ceremony and ritual to give thanks on an ongoing basis uh, for that animal. So in relation to, so we have um, what we call in shamanism animal spirits or animal guides. So they're the ones where we understand and know the strengths and the characteristics of these animals and how they help us and guide us and lead us throughout our life. I talk a lot about power animals uh, when we talk about ancestors. When we are birthed into this world, we believe that a power animal is waiting for us. So the power animal is an animal that throughout your life perhaps you've been drawn, drawn to, or another word would be a guardian whether you know it's a guardian angel kind of animal or something like that so the spirits that we talk about are very much connected to nature so the spirit in the land the spirit in mother earth the spirit in the elements you know the sun which we believe is and as do many other practices and beliefs is masculine energy the father right? The father energy, mother earth, you know, we talk about the grandmother, uh, the moon as the grandmother energy, that ancient energy. So connected to all and understanding how each of those energies impact us in our everyday, And hence, then we have rituals and ceremonies giving thanks, or calling in those specific energies and characteristics into our space. So shamanism, at its most primal core belief, is a connection to the universal energy around us and we also say because the tribes people tribe is in community was you know everyone had their uh, different roles to play within it you had those that were the hunters the gatherers um, that built the shelter um, the guardians you know looking after the children or whatever it was there always had to be one person the teacher the shaman who held the oral traditions, the oral story history of the tribe and also passing down to each generation all these hunting or gathering or, you know, all the practical tools that needed to be known for generations to come. So as part of that was for the shaman to know not only that connection to holding those rituals and ceremonies, but understanding what roots could be used or what what could be used for medicine. So, you know, you may hear the words um, medicine woman, medicine man, you know, say. So they would need to know um, specifically in those seasons and where they were staying, um, what roots, what, what they could use for medicines, you know, when people were unwell or injured or whatever, and also from that, you know, the bringing together of ceremonies between two people, the birthing, you know, of children, you know, there's a whole vast and array. And, of course, as time went on, that was, you know, um, I guess uh, as we became more of a, uh, what would you say, when we started to settle, when we became settled, then it wasn't so much, you know, we, we worked the land and all that, but it wasn't so much on, focusing on where we were going to live, where we were going to stay, where we were going to hunt, you know, to a certain degree. So then that was then um, being able to, those roles were then being able to possibly taken over by a lot of women because in primal times it was men and women, right? But then when, if you had the man working the land, um, a lot of the time the woman was in the house looking after the children and all that kind of stuff. And also then she was able then to step into that role of learning more about Plant medicine, having an understanding of what she could use, um, and I'm saying she, he in a very general term, you know, it can be either or depending on what the society was at the time. So shamanism for us is really connecting to our primal ancestors and bringing in those teachings, those beliefs into the 21st century. So this is where I'm at now. So for me, I can see that there are so many modalities and practices that we have in Western society that are little um, touchstones, little bits of shamanism that we use in personal development. But what there doesn't seem to be that connection to is the spiritual aspect of self. So whether you believe in spirit or not, we are body, mind and spirit. Spirit is your gut feeling, is that intuition, that intuitive part of self. Another word for spirit is energy right it's that connection where you know you might not act on it but you know that there's something that comes up and then you know maybe the subconscious mind tells you to do something different so you know for us it's that connection to body and we talk a lot about it as you know in western society about the body we also focus a lot on the mind now with pd and different other modalities but the thing that's missing that links it all together is the spiritual aspect so I see a lot of people who, you know, work a lot on their body and perhaps also part of that is the mind or work a lot on the mind, but there's still a missing ingredient because the body and the mind only lets you go so far. It's limited, right? But spirituality is unlimited. So sometimes people get really confused because they assume spirituality is to do with traditional religion. We're taking it back. If you look at spirit, spirituality, as the inner energy within you, as the energy you connect in when you, um, you know, go out in nature. And we believe too that there is a higher being. Now, it doesn't matter what you may call that being. It can be the universe, the source, the creator, we say the great spirit or God, some people may use that word. Um, They're just all words or labels, right, or names for a superior being or a supreme being or the divine, you know. So um, we know that when we sit in that space and we activate that energy connection to our spirit guides, I do a lot of ancestral work to our ancestors. Remember, the ancestral teachings and knowledge are held in your DNA. They're passed down the line generationally, right? So how do we activate that? How do we connect that? Because we think ancestors are to do with our family tree, but we go deeper. We go further than, much more than what, a lot of us know. So bringing in all that ancestral teaching, bringing in the teachings and the connection with the energy and nature, elements, seasons, you know, a lot of people know about full moon and new moon, but what about celebrating the moon as it is every night? You know, um, I think sometimes we get too caught up in Western society with specific practices that someone has created. You know, oh, full moon. Let's, which is fantastic. Don't, I'm not knocking full moon ceremony. Absolutely powerful. But we can also celebrate and do rituals for each stage of the moon. So don't feel you have to wait for a full moon or wait for a new moon. You can do it at any time. You know, so just the connection. So for me, it's um, showing people or guiding people how these ancient ancestral tradition traditions. Can come into the 21st century and how you can activate these gifts within you to connect deeper and to help you create the life. And this is what blows some people's mind. You can create your own life, you know, creating infinite possibilities in your life. It's having an understanding. And the thing is, we have choice. And then given the possibilities that are endless and limitless for you to step through on your own pathway. Now, part of this is, and I love this, and you might have heard me say this a few times, I love disrupting people's patterns, because shamanism at its core is a pattern disruptor. Now, some people go, well, what does that mean? Well, how can you heal from something? Or how can you move past something if you don't have an understanding of what the pattern is? So sometimes, as we know, a lot of Um, beliefs or uh, fear can be held in the body, can show up as gut issues, can show up as as pain or trauma in the body, you know, a lot of things that we go through in this life and if you believe like me in past lives, um, we hold on to a lot of stuff in our our physical self as well, you know, as in um, the subconscious mind and that's because we are a being, a human being in this form so we can hold on to trauma and pain when we choose to release it, we go on this journey through this healing process called a shamanic journey, where we tap in deeply into our body, deep into our mind, connecting to spirit, uh, spirit guides into spirit and our ancestors and allowing them to show us and take us on a healing journey. Now, the thing as part of this journey and one of these practices is soul retrieval, when we've experienced soul loss in our life, if you've ever felt disconnected or disassociated from self, when we go on this journey, we have to connect to the point of the trauma or the pain. Because, how again, how can you heal from something if you don't know what it is? So this is my great analogy. I don't know if you've ever seen this in Akaya, yeah? the blue man. You know how he's like, Flinging his arms around. He has no direction. He's like, I'm going to go over here for a little bit. I'll go over here for a little bit. That's what it's like. If you don't know, um, if you don't get to the root or the core of where that trauma existed, and it can be painful for a lot of pe- people because you've got to reconnect into it. But shamanism is so powerful that once you reconnect, we immediately shift it if you choose to. And this is another thing that's part of disrupting patterns and part of healing is never feel that you have to let go and release something. Never, ever feel that. Because sometimes the trauma is for people is too, if I can use the word big, huge, traumatic, whatever the word is, for them to, we can be aware of it, but I'm not ready to look at it right now. It's too confronting. And that is okay. Another part of this journey is to tell people, be kind and gentle with yourself. It's not about, um, what's the word? Uh, ooh, compare Comparison. It's not about comparing yourself to other people that who have been on this journey for a while, or it's not about saying to yourself, I must, I should heal from it. Those words are very harsh. It's about at this, and we bring it to the present. So even though there's these ancient ancestral traditions, we bring it always to the present, and then the present links us to the past, if that makes sense, so that we don't go looking. It's not like we're looking for something. We're directed in the present. So say, for example, I would say to you, what what's, comes up for you in the everyday? Is there any beliefs or anything that comes up for you in the everyday that perhaps you feel is holding you back? That's the first point, right? And it may be certain thoughts or certain words, or you may say, oh, no, uh. You know, I'm, I'm good with myself, you know, and then we'll talk a little bit more. And it may be that sometimes you look over, you know, from where you are in your office or in your space and you compare yourself to someone, you know, well, what's that comparison about? Or you're triggered when somebody says something to you. Okay, well, let's look at what that is about. So we bring it to the present and then we look for where it originated from in our timeline or in your timeline as to where that trauma or pain or that story originated from and then we understand it, and then we have the choice to heal from it, to let go, draw that line in the sand, or to say, okay, I know, I'm aware of it, I acknowledge it, but I'm not ready, and that's okay because the awareness is what's powerful because we can go through life totally not aware and or what we do is it it comes up, we suppress. It comes up, we suppress. It comes up, we suppress. But awareness is saying, hey, I know you're there, I'm just not ready yet. So that's the acknowledgement, okay? And when you are ready in this lifetime or whichever lifetime, then you will be able to step into that space wholly and unhindered, like I say, because you'll be ready, right? Mm -hmm. And it may be just a little part of it, doesn't mean the whole thing, but never feel you have to remove it, you know, for any particular reason other than when you are ready.
0: That's huge. Oh my gosh. So first of all, you gave me so many ahas through that. That like that was amazing. So let me try to see if I understood a little bit of what were you saying? Like the in in the briefest way, shaman shamanism really is the connection to our environment, to the earth, to um our ancestors. And it was a practice that was used in for survival long ago. But as we let's let's say in air quotes evolved um, and our lifestyles changed, we didn't need to lean on these gifts as much, or we perceived that we don't need to lean on them as much. And um so shamanism or working with a shaman really helps you to reconnect to that innate. Connection that we do have with all that is around us. And what I loved, I think the most of what you said was that we're grounded in the present, we can go back to find where that trauma is, but there is no pressure to release and I I see this a lot with my clients. Uh, they come to me almost at a frustrated level because maybe they've tried therapy like traditional therapy. They have tried different types of coaching. Um, Maybe it's a relationship challenge, right? So they keep dating the same guy, different face, same situation over and over again. And they feel like there's something I need to let go of. There's something either wrong with me or why am I keep falling into this pattern? And there's so much pressure on themselves to, to, to heal it. And honestly, I feel like some coaches, we get trapped in that as well. Like it is our responsibility to help these people move through this. But what I loved what you said was that it may not be their time to move through it. They may not be ready to and that's okay. And it's like that, that saying like, what you resist persists is like, the more pressure we put on ourselves, like you have to release it, the more maybe like there's something in us that grips to it even tighter and creates more resistance um, in in our life. When my mind story is so blown, because I one of the things I like to do when I'm going to interview someone, I I don't like to do too much research, because I I really like to come in as an open channel myself to really receive the message from the speaker. So thank you so much for giving me so much wisdom. I had goosebumps, it was so beautiful. Um, And what I love about that is it just it lets me just come from a place of curiosity. So what comes up for me is what comes up and, and, and I get to feel into what perhaps the audience wants to know. So um, what would be like a first step of working with a shaman? If this is resonating with someone and they're like, okay, yeah, I have tried traditional therapies. Maybe I haven't, but this is feeling um, this is feeling in alignment with me. I do want to be more connected to um, my surroundings. I do want to understand myself better. I do want to interrupt these patterns that have been blocking my biggest life. Um, what would you say to someone in that situation? So there's different ways that you can
1: connect with me and find out a little bit more about the work I do. So I always offer what's very important is for someone to have an understanding of the work or what or me or a connection to me, before we actually look at going down this deep path, working on you know the, their journey. So there's two ways. One is if they're in uh, Perth, for example, they can attend one of my workshops that I run every two months to be familiar with the work that I do. The other thing is for anyone that's ever interested, I offer a 30-minute spiritual mentoring call. Uh, call. And the reason I do that via Zoom, the reason I do that is because we connect face-to-face. They see if they feel comfortable, with me and during that 30 minutes they can ask me whatever they want so then they'll have an understanding of okay i would like to go down this path or okay i have an understanding of who deb is i have a connection to her energy for energy i would like to work with her so it's always offering them or creating that space for them to connect with me you know because one thing that's really important is i always say i will be 100 percent committed to your journey and support you and guide you. However, you have to be 100% committed to your journey because I will never drag you even though I'll be walking side by side with you. So I feel that when you give people the opportunity to connect with you, then they have the opportunity to ask you whatever it is that you want to. Then they can make the choice if they want to work with you. Following on from that is I always send people, um, you know, the information and what my programs are, then I just leave it, right? Because I'm a big believer, especially in this space, I don't believe in giving people pressure. Um, For me, it's like if they have a calling and if they're ready, then they'll connect. Now, sometimes, of course, fear comes up because they'll say, well, I'm not ready to invest in myself. And I don't know if you notice this, but a lot of women, sometimes don't see the value in investing in themselves, right? So it's it it would be like, oh I, I don't know if I can invest in this, you know. So a lot of people ask me for a one-off session and I'll say I'm happy to provide you with that. However, I have learned over the years and you know, um I know I've said to you I've been doing this for many, many years now, that if you want and my and my 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 practice primarily is to be of service to get you to where you need to go however a one-off session is not might disrupt a pattern but is not going to be able for us to go on that journey together to work through and heal through any specific trauma because the stuff that we've accumulated in this life and many lives is not going to be changed in one session so that's why I have different programs you know some people are like i just want to hit it you know let's do the weekly thing so you know there's a weekly program however i've known for people to elicit real change they'll go on a fortnightly program or a monthly program because they need that time to process because we go really deep in each session plus you um, i send them an email with some follow-up stuff for them to do and we go so deep in that session that they need that fortnight to process because a lot of them, are whether they're mums or mums and work, career people or whatever they're doing, they don't have the time to do the work in one week and keep reconnecting. However, what I do is I have a 30-minute connection call every other week. So it is like a weekly session, but it's just a call as in, how you doing? Anything been coming up for you? Because I don't want them to wait the fortnight. Um, let's talk. You know what's been coming up for you since our last session, so it's an opportunity for us to connect. And sometimes they are a one-on-one, uh, a mentoring call, but a lot of the time it's just touching base. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we will put all of your links um, in the show notes. So, guys, if you feel called to reach out to Deb, just just scroll down and you'll see all her information there. Now. Like, let's say someone is, we have international listeners, you know, North America, Europe, et cetera. So and one of the things that I have seen in this space, which I think is why, one of the reasons I do the work that I do in empowering women and really helping them to get back to themselves and finding that inner power and and that inner guide is that um, a lot of times we are like outsourcing or we're putting too much faith and trust in people that we don't know. And we have seen, and I'm sure you have witnessed as well, um, people being taken advantage in this space because we do hold our spiritual teachers at on, on a pedestal sometimes. And um, sometimes this can be, this can not work out the way that that we want. So for someone, let's say, who is unable to work with you, what would you say if they're, to, if they're looking for a shaman that they want to work with in whatever place they're, how, what would you say to them in terms of maybe qualifying questions or what, what should they be looking for to find someone? Obviously there's that personal connection, but beyond that, what would you recommend?
1: So it is really a a very personal experience. It's like um, when you, you know, connect with, a I guess, a doctor or some people might go see a psychologist or whatever. It is a personal connection. And, again, I was going to say is, you know, what's important is the lineage, the person's, you know, history, um, it's not about they've done a work, a weekend workshop. Do you know what I mean? Like are they practising it? So alignment and authenticity are massive. So how do they live their lives? You know, are they one person on social media and workshops and another person? So it takes time to get to know someone and maybe asking around. Um, again, that can be subjective. Again, going with your gut feeling, so intuitively knowing. Um, so I would first perhaps... Um, you know, if you want to maybe check in at some of their events, the, the thing is not to be taken um, away by the hype, um, to be taken, uh, not taken away, but to feel for you that, that connection. And then I would think that most people who uh, are now looking at stepping into working with a shaman, like you said, have done some work on themselves perhaps. So then going away and whether it's prayer or meditation, taking some time just to check in, giving, you know, if a decision has to be made like this, Um, it's not the right decision to be made sometimes. So it takes time to sit back and just digest, process, big on processing, and then thinking about, is this the right time for me? And then be mindful if, you know, you can go for some sessions and then if you feel, oh, that doesn't resonate with you, you can always change. The thing I'd be mindful about not signing into, I, I do hear sometimes not signing into contracts and things like that, which legally then you can be held into. So, you know, I, I have heard that happening. So um, just being really mindful, um, you know, there's lots of little bits um, to share in relation to that. But um, really, I would be really mindful about who you connect with and how you feel and taking the time to take that step back and process before you make the decision. That would yeah, be nice.
0: absolutely. I love that you said that. And that if a, a decision needs to be made and there's pressure, I think that that's that's not a good indication. Most of the time, I've I have rarely seen a situation, especially in we're not talking like business coaching where you know fast action equals fast results and da, da, da. like I get that strategy but when we are talking about deep healing especially if there is a lot of trauma there and this person who is you know really supposed to be very spiritually connected can't feel into your energy of your fear and your trauma around whatever it is and they're pressuring you to make a decision i'm going to say that that's probably not your person and I love that you said just taking the time to truly process, pray on it, meditate on it, whatever resonates um, with you. And then also being mindful of your own limiting beliefs and fears that may creep up, right? So that it's own your stuff, and then look at that person objectively like does this person feel safe for me like when i work with someone especially in the space safety is everything and i have heard i'm i'm very blessed i've never had any um situations that didn't work out but i have worked with people i have coached people where it wasn't just a mismatch it was um it was a lot deeper it actually like re-traumatized Um, re-traumatize them um, because there was like some abuse of of power and and that type of thing. So always using your discernment, I think is um, super important, Dev, honestly. You are such a boss. Oh my God. So I see Deb like walking around synchro. We always like give each other a cuddle. I say hi, you know, love her energy. I have been at, uh, I went to the self love event that, um, Becky held and you were one of the speakers and it was amazing. You know, you are really embodied in your craft. Um, I'm actually curious, like what, made you be like, okay, this is the work that I want to get into.
1: Oh, you don't know my story, (laughs) Han. My grandmother's a shaman. So (laughs) oh (laughs) love that. So my ancestry is uh, from the Tibetan peoples. She was a Nepalese shaman from raw lineage. Her name is Padmawati, which is bearer of the Lotus Blossom. And so in our culture, so I have Tibetan, Nepalese, Indian, uh, Mongolian, and West African. That's my dad's side, the West African and the Indian. And um, I, um, when we came to Australia, I was born in Kolkata, India. And in our culture, the grandmother raises the child a lot of the time. And when we came here to Australia, I was six, my, um, both my parents' as migrants had to work. Uh, they worked in India as well, but they had to work here. And my grandmother I used to spend a lot of time with. Now, coming from that culture into Australia, um, and it was the tail end of the white Australia policy because we came in the early 70s, I did not want to be connected to my culture. I did not want to be connected to shamanism. I wanted to be an Australian. That was it, right? So my life, my identity, uh, my, I was, sorry, going through my whole life was to find my identity, Right. And I never seemed to fit in because I didn't. That's why I can speak wholeheartedly about this, because I was not connected to my truth. I was looking to forge an identity which was not aligned with me. That's why my top values are integrity, authenticity, um, alignment with truth, transparency, and honesty, you know, and I was not connected to any of it. So I had to go on this journey to discover who I really was, Um, So by opening up and connecting, you know, reconnecting to the teachings and knowing that this is who I am and, you know, accept it. And so with that has empowered myself to be able to share my message to others because whether you're called to this or not, how many of us in our life are looking for something that we are not and not wanting to connect with who we are?
0: (laughs) Oh, 100%. I, I totally resonate with that. I was very, very similar. I moved. I was adopted from Peru, and I moved to Canada. And I refused to speak Spanish, because I just wanted to blend in. I didn't want to be the kid who couldn't speak English. And um, yeah, that was a whole journey of just like learning to accept myself, you know, into my that took me into my adulthood. It wasn't literally until probably like my early 30s that I really learned yeah. to love me for me. So, Deb, thank you so much for your time and your beautiful energy you are just such a light you gave me so much to reflect on myself and i i can definitely recommend you and give you a character reference for sure that you are just you are who you are like how you are talking now is who i see through synchro walking around you know holding little ezzy who's our little synchro baby (laughs) And, um, yeah, guys, if you feel called to do this deep spiritual work, um, I'm going to put all of Deb's details in the show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me. If you would rate and review this show on iTunes, I love you so much. And I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, It's not only possible to have it all, it is your birthright.